We've been in a series called By Faith, looking at all the characters in the 11th chapter of Hebrews. We started out our first week by asking, what is faith? Because faith is really foundational to the life of a Christian. It's believing in God and what he says about himself. I believe you, God. I believe you are who you say you are. It's believing that he is able to do the promises that he puts forth in his word. It's believing him in such a way that our entire perspective, our entire outlook shifts to see things from his perspective. It's believing in the possibilities of impossibilities because of the power of God. We looked first at Abel, who by faith was made righteous. God testified to Abel's offering because it was the attitude of Abel's heart. Abel showed us that a life of faith starts with the attitude of our hearts. And Abel showed us that the worship of God is by faith and that by faith we're able to give God our best. Then we looked at Enoch. By faith, he was able to walk with God. By faith, he was able to please God. He showed us how to continue by faith. He showed us the worship of God and how to walk with God. Tonight, we're going to look at Noah, who by faith was obedient. By faith, he was a witness for the world. And by his faith, he was saved. In Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about Noah in verse 7. It says, By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Noah responded to God's word. He believed God. He was obedient to God. And he moved forward and built the ark. Let's pick up his story way back in the beginning in Genesis chapter 6, starting in verse 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. Build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die. 
but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and a female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird, every kind of animal, and every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground. They will come to you to be kept alive, and be sure to take on board enough food for your family and for all the animals. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Go back to our Hebrews text for one second. It said that Noah was warned of things not yet seen. You know, there was no water around. Remember, they were in the desert, the wilderness. There was no water. There were no hurricanes. There were no typhoons on the news. There was no flooding of any kind. Noah had no previous event to relate a flooding of the earth to. There was nothing for him to say, oh, okay, I understand that. I understand that. That makes sense. Nothing. Some biblical scholars believe that there hadn't even been rain at, on the earth at that point. So they hadn't even seen rain. Genesis 2, 5 through 6 says, No shrub of the field was yet in the earth. No plant of the field had yet sprouted. For the Lord God had not sent rain upon the earth. So maybe he didn't even know what rain was. There was no physical evidence of what was to come, what God was warning. He had never seen a boat, never, never mind build a boat. There was no internet. There was no way for him to go on YouTube, okay, build a boat, build an ark. How do I look it up? How do I do it? There was nothing. There was nothing for him to base anything on except the word of God. That was what he had to put his faith on. The only equivalent for us would be maybe 500 years ago, people saying, oh, see that thing up in the sky? That thing, that thing that glows at night? Someday there'll be a man walking on that. Same idea. Nothing, nothing to say, oh yeah, okay, I can see that, I can see that. See, today, we have technology around us we can't imagine anything not making sense because we have so much around us. It actually puts us at a disadvantage because when we want to have faith in God, we can say, oh yeah, well, that's possible, that's possible, that's possible. Right? But God's, no, I'm the one. I'm the one that makes it possible, not you. And so that was the advantage in some ways that Noah had. He didn't have anything to distract him but God's word. And that's what he put his faith on. He had to either take God at his word or he had to call him a liar. And so Noah believed what God said. But he believed both the judgment about the flood and he had to believe about the salvation taken off in the ark when the floods came. Hebrews 7 also says that Noah had a holy fear. Noah lived by faith, but it was his fear that moved him. It doesn't mean that God was up there threatening him. Oh, if you don't do this, Noah, forget it. You're, you're doomed. You know, 
God wasn't waiting to punish Noah. That's not what this means. It means that Noah had such a great reverence for God. He, he knew who God was. And there was such an awe of the creator. And it said Noah had favor with God. He wasn't afraid of God as a convict would be afraid of a judge. That's not the kind of fear this is. This is a fear that is obedience out of gratitude. It's obedience of this overwhelming effort to honor God, to bring glory to God. It was that kind of holy fear that motivated Noah. Unlike all of us, Noah had free will. He could have chosen to live his way, ignoring the warning from God. But he chose to believe God and believe his word. And so he responded with a pious attitude that what God said was true, both the judgment and the salvation. But you don't start building a giant ship if you don't believe in everything that God says to you. And so he starts building the ark. And God gave very specific instructions. Make the boat out of cypress wood. Waterproof it with tar inside and out. Construct the decks, upper, middle, and lower. Make it 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side, just one door, and build, wow, I mean, (laughs) I don't think YouTube could even do that well. But verse 22 says, Noah did everything exactly as God commanded. That's amazing faith. Noah didn't pick and choose, oh, well, really, I think we could put another window here. You know, if I'm going to spend this much time in this boat, I need some more sunlight. I think, Lord, I'm going to put another window here. There's none of that. He followed the directions exactly as God commanded because he knew he couldn't trust himself. He had to put his faith in the faithfulness of God, in the greatness, in the power of God, He didn't choose another wood. He didn't alter the shape of the ark. He didn't trust his own judgment. He didn't trust his own understanding. Our faith should drive us to respond with a holy fear that makes us so zealous to serve our creator and obey exactly as he commands us. We come to God through our faith in Jesus. And we say, we love God. We know God. And we want to walk with God. But then when he asks us to do something, we say, no. Or we try to do it our way. We pretend we didn't really hear him. Or that he meant something else. Or maybe God tells us not to do something. 
But we want to do it because it makes us feel good, so we keep doing it anyway. Maybe you're in the middle of a trial, and God's saying, lean on me, trust in me. Are you believing him? Are we walking by our faith? Or are we walking just by what we see and what we hear and what we feel? See, our faith isn't just for the big stuff in life. Our faith doesn't just come to us all of a sudden, poof, you're a man of faith. It's not how it works. It has to be practiced every day of our lives. See, Noah's faith was practiced day in and day out because temptation was surrounding him. In Genesis 6, verses 5 through 8, it describes what was going on around Noah. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing. All the people, the large animals, small animals that scurry along the ground, the birds of the sky, I am sorry I ever made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. Noah walked with God day in and day out. His faith was practiced, and it was strengthened every day. Do we have the faith in God that says, I trust you to provide for my daily bread. Lord, I trust that you're going to provide and and watch over my children. Lord, I trust you and I have faith in you for my job. Lord, I trust in you. I have faith in you to keep me from temptations, the things that tempt me. Romans 1.17 says the righteous will live by faith. Is our faith lived out in such a way that our everyday burdens are just rolled right onto God without even thinking about it? Because that's what we need to be striving for, is that faith that sustains us every day. Not the faith that just operates on Saturday nights during our praise and worship time, but the kind of faith that works through the minor details of our day-to-day activities. Because with our faith operating in our day-to-day lives, it draws our eyes up to Jesus, where we get our help, where we get our strength, and where our hope comes from. Because true faith responds to God's word. True faith doesn't question its obedience. And when we live a life based on faith in God, that's when we become witnesses to the world. And Noah was a witness for the world. Our verse, Hebrews 11.7, says that by his faith, Noah condemned the world. You know, Noah was a preacher. 2 Peter 2.5 says, Noah, a preacher of righteousness with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, Peter's talking about 
Noah was a preacher of righteousness. What was he preaching? He was preaching that God's going to judge. God's going to judge. But there's a way out. There's a way out. Here, God's building it. Noah spent a hundred years building a giant ship. That was his sermon. His life was his sermon. With every tree he chopped down, with every plank he sawed, with every man he hired to help build, with every spike he drove, he delivered a message of faith in God. When our walk of faith witnesses to the world, it causes others to ask questions of themselves. The people around Noah, they had to be asking themselves, what if he's right? Is he a madman or is he really telling the truth? When people around you and me, when they see our walk of faith, do they start to question themselves, examining their own lives? When our walk of faith witnesses to the world, it invites questions. Noah must have been asked so many questions. Some seeking truth, some just seeking to mock him. But his faithful act of obedience drew out the curiosity in others. When we live by faith, people will ask questions. When our walk of faith witnesses to the world, we set an example for others. People could see how Noah lived his life. He was a righteous man. He was favored by God. And he was a role model for others. When we live by faith solely for God, we live a life that sets an example because faith leads to action. It moves you into action. When our walk of faith witnesses to the world, we tell others about our holy and loving God. With a hundred years of building the ark, Noah had many, many opportunities to tell others about God and what his promises were. Scripture has no mention of Noah arguing with people, no mention debating with people over what God had told him. He led his life in his choices to obey God at all costs, and his obedience to God do the preaching. That's for us to do too. His life of faith both preached to the world and it condemned the world. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 15 and 16 says, Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God, but this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful (coughs) smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. For some of those people back in Noah's village, he was a smell of death and doom. None of them wanted to hear it. And some people in, in your workplaces, in your communities where you live, to them, you are the scent of death and doom. They want nothing to do with the message of Jesus. Because it convicts them. It 
it highlights their hopelessness. Because when we live lives filled, lives filled with hope, it highlights their sense of hopelessness. The story that Debbie shared. What hope was in that story? But for those people that don't get it, they're, they're not understanding and they're getting angry. Because, well, what do you mean you have hope? I don't have that. But to those that are hungering for it, to those that God has pricked the soul of, when you live a life of hope, when you live a life of faith, you're perfume-scented. They can't wait to get closer to you. They can't wait to get more of you, get more of Jesus from you, hear more about your walk of faith. Hear about your God. Noah lived differently than those around him. Are we living differently than those around us? Noah's faith set him apart. And he set an example for us. He lived by faith. He continued by faith. And he obeyed by faith. God called him righteous and saved him from the flood of judgment. God did not save Noah because he was perfect. God did not save Noah because he built the ark. God saved Noah because Noah believed in him. Noah believed wholeheartedly in God's word, believed wholeheartedly in who God said he was and what he was able to do. God saved Noah because he obeyed. And he did all that God commanded him to do. I'm going to go through a couple of verses quick here. Genesis 6:22. So Noah did everything exactly as God commanded him. Genesis 7, 4. Seven days from now I will make the rains pour down on the earth and it will rain for 40 days and 40 nights. Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. Genesis 7, 9. They entered the boat in pairs, male and female, just as God had commanded Noah. Genesis 7, 16. A male and female of each kind entered just as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord closed the door behind them. In 17 verses, Noah's obedience to all that God commanded was mentioned four times. I think obedience to God's word is little important. Faith is our outward expression of our faith to the world. But only if we're obedient to what God tells us to do. Because if we aren't obeying God and his word, then our faith must not be very deep. Maybe it's not as real and deep as we think it is. It's not about being perfect Christian. Because none of us are. But it's about striving to become more like Christ. It's about wanting to honor and glorify the one who gave his life for us. And so we seek God. We listen for his voice. And we look for ways to be obedient. Even if it means changing our plans. How many of you check the weather report in the morning as you get started? Or you check it. Oh, let's see. What's the week? What's the weather going to be for the week? 
you change your plans, you direct your day based on what the weatherman says. Depending on what the weatherman says, you plan what to wear. You plan your activities. You're going to do outdoor or indoor stuff. Oh, am I going to do that? No, I'll do that. It's going to rain today, so I'll wait to do that next day. How often do we do that with God? How often do we take that little time before we get out of bed in the morning and say, Lord, what do you have for me today? What do you have on my plan for today? I can't wait to see what you have in store for me. Are we putting more faith in the forecast of men? In planning our days? Or are we putting our planning and our faith back on the one who's in control of the weather? He's the one who knows you. He knows what you need. And he's the one able to give it to us. What's God asking you to do? He's always working in our lives, always looking to grow us to become more and more like Christ. Are you saying yes to God? Are you saying, not yet, not yet. No, I want to go this way, Lord. No, well, that looks good, Lord, but how about if we just tweak it this way? I do that all the time. I just shared a story with you earlier about how I did that. You gotta say yes to God. Here I am. Use me. Whatever you want. Because I have faith in you. I trust in you. Noah shows us the life in the walk and the obedience of faith in every way. It's a model of a life lived by faith. See, Noah had to make a choice. He had to decide was he gonna try and change God's plans in the building of the ark? Or was he going to take God at his word and allow God to change his life? Lord, help us to really believe you. Help us to really obey you no matter how strange it looks to the world. Let our faith obey your word no matter what. May our faith stand as a witness to the world of your glory, Father, of your truth. 